glad that y'all are y'all are here today and today we are continuing our study through the book of Daniel and so if you have your Bible and you want to get a head start we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 10 today and for those of you who are curious there are 12 chapters in Daniel so two more weeks and uh, we will finish the book of Daniel and my guess is that as soon as we finish it that there's probably going to be like a standing ovation uh, and not because it was such a great message but because it's over and so the good news is that following up the book of Daniel, we're going to be moving into uh, what makes a village, and we're just going to kind of begin to cover again, you know, what, what is our purpose and why are we here? And then uh, the next series that we'll do after that one is going to be, it's going to be called Classic, and we're going to be, for those of you who are uh, maybe in your 30s, you're going to probably enjoy it because we're going to be doing our messages sort of like theology uh, through uh, classic rock. And uh, just an example, we, uh, we were talking about some songs we were going to do, and so we talked about one song by Journey. And just to let you know, James, of course, James is an incredible singer, but he doesn't know a lot about music. And so, uh, ha ha. So James, uh, whenever we talk about Journey, James thinks Journey, the lead singer, is a guy from the Philippines. Uh, so I have to tell James, man, that it is actually Steve Perry, the guy from the Philippines, nice little fill-in, but that ain't Journey. So anyway, so that's what we're going to be doing in the, uh, the next few months. That's what's coming up. But today we are in Daniel chapter 10, and our focus for today is going to be on prayer. And I think, you know, prayer is obviously something that every Christian is going to say that we all need to do, that we all should do. But one thing that I'm discovering or that I've known really for a long time is that it's one of the more difficult disciplines that we have. You know, it's, it's difficult for us to pray, and there's a lot of different reasons why, but I think what happens for a lot of us is that we spend a little bit, a little bit of time in prayer, but we never fully access the great power that is available in prayer. Uh, just to let y'all know, I um, other than uh, there's a guy in our first service, I said, well, I, have, I, I think, and I'm biased, but I, I have the coolest car in the church. Other than Mr. Hagenberger, who's got like a really cool, he's got a Corvette and a brand new Camaro. But I've got a, I've got a 2010 Mustang. It's five-speed. Y'all probably seen me in it, you know, the cool guy. And so a uh, five-speed car. Now, as much as I like that car, can you imagine if the only time, uh, the, only, the, the only gear I ever got to in that car was second, you know, I never went up to fifth, but I just drove around it in second all the time. Now, most of you, I think most of you, especially guys, we would say, well, that would be a shame. I mean, you would be missing out on a lot of fun. And there's something I've discovered. I've discovered, y'all, that fifth gear is a lot funner than second. And yet, there's many of us in our prayer life, we are stuck in second gear, never quite getting to fifth gear. And the result of that is we miss out on, on the great blessings and the great power that comes with prayer. And, and that's one thing that I see today in our passage of Scripture. I see this man named Daniel. And as you go through Daniel's life, you'll see one thing that Daniel was committed to, that he was all in with, was communicating with God. It was talking with God. And, and we learned that even when things weren't going his way, Daniel was persistent in prayer. And as I, as I look at that example, I think, man, I want to be, be more like Daniel. And I, I want our church, 
I want us to be more like Daniel in that we will have a persistence and a passion to be a people of prayer because I honestly believe we miss out on seeing the power and the blessings of God because we quit just a little bit too early. And so I, I hope that's what we see today in our scripture in Daniel chapter 10. And in a few moments, we're going to look in verse number 1. And once again, a reminder, Daniel was a guy whose life wasn't, wasn't always perfect. I mean, things didn't always work out for him. I mean, you think if he's in the Bible, everything's got to go great for this guy. When Daniel was a young man, he was taken, he was taken captive. He was taken out of his land, his, his city in Jerusalem, and he's taken into captivity in, a, in Babylon. I mean, it's a long walk. So he's a long way from home. Things aren't going his way. You'd say that it'd be easy for Daniel to say, man, this is for the birds. I follow God, and this is what happens to me. What I see is that Daniel was a man of prayer. And he persistently prayed, God blesses Daniel's life, even though he's in captivity, as you read through the entire book. Now, when you get to chapter 10, Daniel is an old guy at this point. I mean, he's, sort of, he's, I mean, he's coming to the end of his life. But once again, God speaks to him. And God gives him this, this vision. And it's a vision, really, about the end of times. If you, if you read through all of chapter 10, it begins to talk about, begins to talk about wars. And Daniel's a little bit confounded by it all, and he, he doesn't quite grasp exactly what it all means, and so what does he do? Well, he prays. He prays, he asks for wisdom and direction from God. And as I look at Daniel in this text, I see from Daniel's experience, there's some things that we can learn about prayer. And one of the major lessons that we can learn about prayer is for us to be persistent in our praying. You know, not for it just to be something that we do, you know, once every seven, eight weeks or whenever something bad happens to us, but for us to persistently seek after God in prayer. And I want to do that. And I want you all to do that. So the question is, well, you know, what are some, some steps that we can take to do that? And I'm a pretty simple person. And I like it when somebody kind of gives me some advice or some simple things that I can do to kind of advance me in my walk with God. And the very first step that I see that, that I can take and that you can take for us to be persistent in praying is, first of all, to remove distractions. If you want to be a person of prayer and you really want to connect with God, I can, I can guarantee you one of the things you've got to do is you have to remove the distractions that come in your life that stand between you and God. Now, this is what Daniel did. If you look back in verse number 1, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the message was true and was about a great conflict. So this is the dream he had. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, says, I was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food. No meat or wine entered my mouth. And I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. Okay, in these three verses, Daniel has a vision. God sends him another dream. What's, what's the vision about? It's about future event, events, right? And it talks about that there are wars that are going to be coming. Now, as you can imagine, if you get a vision like that, I mean, bother Daniel. What in the world is this all about? You know, what is this vision that I'm, that I'm receiving? And he doesn't understand. It says he was troubled in his soul. It says that he mourned for three weeks. Now, at this point in Daniel's life, Daniel's, Daniel's a big deal. 
He's basically like the prime minister. He's risen from captivity to being one of the most trusted advisors of the king. Everything's at his disposal. He has all the food. The best food that he can eat is at his disposal. The best, the best drinks are available to him. What, what does Daniel do? It says that he fasted during this time. Why? Because he didn't want there to be any distractions as he was communicating with God. He wanted to be focused in on God, and he didn't want to miss out on what God might be saying to him because he was distracted by the things of this world. It says that he fasted and he mourned for three weeks. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, so many times in my prayer life, man, I get, I get distracted. I mean, it doesn't have to be prayer. I get distracted all the time. Do y'all get distracted very much? I mean, I see things, and, you know, I can be, you know, driving down the road. I, just the other day, I was, as a matter of fact, I was out, I was in a, I was out, I told Emily about this, I was out fishing in, uh, in uh, Windermere, Lake, you know, Lake Columbia. And I was sitting there, and I was just, I was fishing along, and I, the, the wind was blowing really hard, and a, a bird, uh, a big, uh, oh, what was it, osprey, comes flying down and just, I'm not lying, hits the water 10 feet in front of me, and then takes off, and he's got a fish in his talons. I am mesmerized by that. And so I'm sitting there watching him, you know, and the boat's drifting right into a dock. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I'm just like, oh, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen, and then I died. You know, because I can't, I can't focus on anything. Now, when it comes to prayer, it doesn't take long for me to get distracted in my prayer life. And I, my guess is that's probably true for some of y'all. You know, I can talk to you, hey, why, why don't we pray more? Why don't we talk to God more? Well, think about the things that distract us. Sports, television, fishing. Although that's, I don't know if that's, a, that's probably not a distraction. Uh, there's a lot of different things that distract us. Um, cell phones. Y'all, I, I mean, for, for those of y'all who are around my age, well, we come from the generation where the phones, it was rotary, you know? And it, you could, as far as you could take it, was tw- as long as that cord would stretch, and then that was it. Now... I mean, it's incredible. You can talk to somebody. Have you, isn't it amazing how you're talking to people, and they, they're not even looking at you. And they're just, you know, they're texting away or, or playing games. And I'm going to be honest, I do the same thing. I, I don't text well at all. But, man, I can kill me some temple run, okay? And so there's just a lot of things that distract me. So if I'm going to pray and communicate with God, what do I need to do? I need to be like Daniel. And I need to remove those distractions. But, but too many times I trust in myself and my plans more than God's. And, 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 I, and I focus on what I want to focus on. That's always a mistake. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You know, Satan does whatever he can in order to distract us. To keep us away from the good things, from hearing the leadership of God. You know, the, the devil is called in the Bible, he's the great deceiver. And he'll put things before us that seem good in order to keep us away from that which is best. I mean, here's what we're told about the devil in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14. It says, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Now I look at Daniel in our text and I see there's something Daniel was willing to do. He was willing to lay aside anything that might distract him from his conversation with God because he wanted to hear what God said. Guys, we are a people and we are a church that need to hear what God has to say. 
But if we're going to do that, we have to remove distractions. Now, can you think of, of a time in your life when you were willing to remove any distraction because there was something you were so sold out to that you were totally focused on it? And I, I can think of, of something that I was, I can remember when I was very focused and devoted. And that, that was when, um, when I first started dating Emily. I, last month we celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary, which just totally amazes me. Because it seems like yesterday. I was seven years old, Emily's 19, and uh, so we got married. They, I, I remember when we first started dating, and my, I lived with three guys and uh, I remember my roommate, we're, we're still friends to this day, but I remember when I started dating Emily, because we used to do a lot of stuff together, and, and, and he got frustrated at me. He said, man, you spend all your time with her. And you don't hang out with us anymore. And, you know, he's telling me this, like, when he's wearing, you know, like his boxers and no shirt, and he's got hair. I'm like, dude, I mean, just look at you. Why would I want to hang out with you? I mean, she's much better to hang out with than somebody like you. But I was, I was so committed and devoted because I wanted to, to remove any distraction that might keep me from trying to win Emily. And obviously I did it. Uh, but I wanted to remove any distraction. Well, I look at, I look at Daniel, and, and, and I see that Daniel removed distractions in his life. Paul demonstrated his single-minded devotion to God when he wrote this in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. He said, but one thing I do. He said, I forget what is behind and I reach forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Daniel is willing to eliminate anything that would distract him from hearing God. Guys, if we're going to hear God speak to us as we pray, we're going to be persistent in our praying, remove the distractions. You know, take time to be by yourself so that it's just you and God. Because if we're going to hear the voice of God, we have to listen for him. So, so how else can we pray with persistence? Well, another step we can take is this. You can, it becomes easier to pray with persistence when you begin to understand that when you pray, support comes with your prayer. When you pray, God, God brings, gives support to you. Uh, in verse number 4, this is Daniel. He said, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen. This is kind of strange right here. It says, With the belt of gold from Euphaz around his waist, and his body was like topaz. His face was like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me didn't see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran and hid. I was left alone, looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. And I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. And it says, suddenly a hand touched me and raised me to my hands and knees. And he said to me, Daniel, you're a man treasured by God. Understand the words I'm saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I've now been sent to you. And after he said this to me, I stood trembling. Okay, so what's Daniel doing right here in our text? He's, he's talking to God. As he's talking to God, he looks up and he, he sees this guy. And it says in our text, it says, This man was standing by the Tigris River. And there's a strange description that's given of him. Now, if you, look on the, if you look on the screen, look at what it says about him. 
It says he had a, had a belt of gold. Okay, that's different. His body was like topaz. I'm not real sure what that means. His face was like the brilliance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze and the sound of his words, words that came out of, ma- of his mouth, it sounded like a multitude. Okay, you read that and you think, I have no idea what that's talking about. What does all that mean? Well, it's giving a description. This guy's obviously, this is not just some regular guy. Okay, this is a guy that gets your attention. The same description is given like this in Revelation 1, verses 12 through 16. In that description of of this man, in Revelation, you know who it is? It's Jesus. And I think that's kind of neat. And so here's my interpretation of this. I believe that what we are seeing here is as Daniel is praying, Jesus shows up. And Jesus shows up to talk to Daniel. Now, now what is a lesson I can learn from this? Well, I'll tell you in just a second. When, when, when what I believe is Jesus shows up and Daniel has been praying, here's what the Lord says to him. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. In other words, I have come in response to your prayers couple things. First of all, what does, he tell, what does he tell Daniel? He starts off by saying, do not be afraid. One of my favorite commands in all the Bible. It is one of the most given phrases in all of Scripture. Do not be afraid. I like it because, y'all, I'm scared all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm scared all the time. People come in, they sneeze, and they try to shake my hand. I'm like, oh, you know, Ebola. You know, I get nervous. Look at the economy, look at our crumbling values, you know, look at just the stuff that's all around us. I'm I'm like, oh my gosh. Run, watch the news, negative preacher, gripe. What does the Bible say? Do not be afraid. Why not? God says, I have come in response to your prayers. You know, it is easy, it's easier for me to pray when I begin to realize that as I pray, that God comes alongside me to support me. In other words, even when I feel alone and I'm talking to God, God comes to me. You see, Jesus gave us a promise in Scripture that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he would always be with us, that he will always stand with us. Now, some of you say, you know, I, but I feel like when I pray, that it's like nobody hears me. And there could be a very simple reason for that, and it could be because there is something that is blocking your communication with God. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I have sin in my heart, in other words, if I harbor sin, it says, God will not hear me. So it could be that that when you talk to God, you feel alone because you've got a bunch of junk that is blocking your communication line with God. But here's the neat thing. When you clear that up, when you come to God and ask for his forgiveness, that line is opened up again. And not only does God hear you, but he sends you support. And I need to hear that. So many times, there are times when I pray and I, I feel desperate and I feel alone. But when I know that the Bible says that God is coming alongside me when I am praying, it encourages me to hang in there even when things are tough because God is with me. And Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? 
You know, a number, I don't even know if it's a show any, anymore. A number of years ago, there's a show on television called Fear Factor. Did y'all ever watch that? That When you watch that show, and you could feel yourself just getting smarter, right? Okay, I watched the show. I think I watched that show maybe, uh, maybe twice in my life because it, it grosses me out, for one. I mean, I don't know the purpose of eating an eyeball. But, you know, people would do this stuff, and, you know, you'd watch it. Now, here's the question. Why would people do some of the stuff they did on that show and go through all that torture and pain and humiliation? Why would they do it? You know, money, right? They were hoping for a future reward. I remember watching one of them where a guy gets in a body bag filled with, like, fire ants. And I'm thinking, that guy is crazy. But he did it because he thought, if I do this, there's a chance I can win that money. Okay, there's a spiritual application here, and I had to really stretch to make this one work. And here it is. We need to, as, as believers, my, it would be, wouldn't it be incredible if we didn't just have people who were like on fear factor who had this type of attitude, but if we had believers who said, I will do anything for God. I will remove any distraction in my life for the things of God, to hear the voice of God, because I know that God is with me and that there is a future that I have in him beyond this life. I mean, all that, can you imagine how different we'd be? He said, I'm looking forward to the reward, and I'll, I will undergo anything because I know in light of eternity it is a drop in the bucket. 1 Peter 1, 5-7 says you're being protected by God's power through faith for salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. Rejoice in this, though now for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How did Daniel pray with persistence? You know, it, because he removed distractions. Another reason why is because he understood that support came with prayer. He knew God was with him. How else can we pray with persistence? How did Daniel do it? Because he trusted God would answer his prayers. When you pray, trust that God will answer your prayers. It, you can be persistent in your praying if you really believe, when I pray, God answers my prayers. Okay, now is that a pipe dream? Is that something we make up? Well, let's look in verse number uh, verse number 12. The Lord said, don't be afraid, Daniel, for from that first day that you proposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. And I've come because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, speaking of an angel, came to help me after I'd been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I've come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days, for the vision refers to those days, to the last days. You know, trust is a very difficult thing for most people. And it's difficult for us because we've been burned. You know, we've been let down before. And for a lot of us, trust is even difficult in our relationship with God. And it's because we've asked things from God. We may, may have prayed for things, for God to do things, and they didn't happen. And so we get, we get frustrated. Uh, an example of this is I remember reading a story a number of years ago about Ted Turner. You know, the, the media mogul and the guy used to own the Braves. And uh, he, he talked about his mother when he was younger. She got sick. She was dying. He prayed for God to heal her. It didn't happen. She died. And, and Ted, Ted Turner said that was the last straw that broke the camel's back. He said, I've never prayed again. That God didn't hear my prayer. I don't even know if he's real. And there's some of you who may have had an experience like that, where you prayed and you've talked to God and you didn't get what you were looking for and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. And so you've just simply given up. 
Now, we can have a conversation about, you know, the big question is, why, well, then why do bad things like that happen to people? And that's a whole other sermon. And uh, so we're not going to get into it today. I will, the one thing I'll say is we live in a world that is broken. Um, I think we can all agree with that. This world is broken. There's sin in this world. And, guys, it has deep ramifications. But we'll go back to the prayer part. Here's the question about prayer. If I pray, does God hear me? If I pray, does God answer my prayers? Okay, for those of you who are believers and you have an open communication line with God, here's the answer. Yes. Now, of course, you're going to expect me to say that. Wouldn't it be terrified? I just said, no, he does not hear your prayers. Goodbye, let's leave. Now, the, the Bible says God hears our prayers. Now, I look at Daniel. I see Daniel called out to God in prayer. How long was it before God answered Daniel's prayer in our text? It's 21 days. Isn't that interesting? Now, for me, if I don't get an answer, like, within 30 minutes, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, what's, what's going on here? God, why, don't you, why haven't you done anything? Daniel is praying for 21, he hadn't heard anything, 21 days. After 21 days, the doors of heaven are opened up, and God speaks. God answers his prayer. Y'all, there's a lesson here for us, and that is that when we talk to God answers the prayers of his people. We all know, it's what preachers all say, but you know, it's true. It's God, when I think of an answer, I think of an answer that I like. God says yes to whatever I'd ask for. But you know, there's other answers God gives. No, and not now, not yet. For those of you who are parents, you should understand that. When your kids ask you for things, do you hear your kids when they speak to you? Of course you do. Do you answer them? Well, of course you do. How do you answer them? Yes, absolutely not. You know, maybe later, but not right now. God is the same way with his children. Now, now what if, what if Daniel had not been persistent in his praying? What if he had quit after day five? What if he would have quit after day 20? Then he would have missed out on the blessing of hearing what God had to say to him. What did God have to say to him? Verse 14, he said, Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. He gives a vision to Daniel of what the end times are going to look like. Now Daniel didn't receive that answer immediately, but he pressed on. And for me, when I pray and I don't get the answer, and I don't sense an answer whatsoever, and, and you don't either, my hope is that we will be a people, a church, where we'll be persistent when we pray. We won't give up. But we'll pray until we get an answer. You know, one of my, one of my favorite characters are, are preachers from times, you know, a long time ago, a guy named George Miller. He's, uh, from, he's from England, and he's known for his incredible prayer life. Prayed all the time. And he was actually crossing over the ocean from England to Canada to preach. It's the 1800s. So they're coming across the ocean. This is a cool story. He's coming across the ocean, and uh, the, the captain of the boat comes to him and says, we're, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it on time to your engagement. So the fog is unreal. We can't see anything. We have to stop. And Muller said, I've been serving the Lord for 57 years. He said, I've never missed an engagement yet. He said, let's go down and pray. Okay, you know, and I think, what a great response. Let's pray about it. And I see stuff like that. My response, my typical nature is to gripe. 
I hate this weather. This is ridiculous. What does Miller do? He prays. Lesson for us. So he prays. Goes down, begins to pray. God, lift this fog. I know you want me to preach at this place. Lift this fog. He gets done praying. He looks over the captain. He says, go back up. You need to get us going again. The captain's like, well, I'm, why? He said, because I just prayed, and God's going to move that fog. And the guy, the captain gets up. He thinks he's crazy. And so he gets up. He walks upstairs, opens the door. It is clear as a bell. Now, isn't that neat? I just love little stories like that. It's a true story. And I, I look at that, and I think, man, what, what, a great, what a great way to pray. Mueller's the guy who prayed expecting God to answer. Phyllis Church, let us be a church and a people that when we pray, we expect God to answer. Now, whatever answer he gives, let's respect it. But pray expecting him to answer. I look at Mueller and guys like that, and I think, you know, I long for God to move. You know, and I pray that. I'm sure some of you pray that, but are we persistent in praying that? God, move here. God, do a great work here. God, change lives. Because, guys, if we're going to see that happen, we have to be persistent. And my challenge for those of you who are, who are working in the church, you work, maybe you work with our young people, you work with our children, maybe you're involved in the new campus, maybe you're on one of our service teams, I, w- I want to challenge you in your prayer life. Why don't you begin to pray every week and you come here and say, God, I pray that the people I reach out to, that you will touch their lives, that, God, you will use me and that their lives will be changed. Pray that persistently. How do we pray? How do we pray persistently? Do what Daniel did. Remove distractions. Understand support will come as you pray. And trust that God will answer prayer. Now, it could be some of you say, you know what, I pray, I don't feel like they're getting anywhere. There could be some things in your life you need to confess to the Lord right now and move away from. Why don't you do that at this time? Because, guys, God wants us to talk to him. And the best way we can talk to him is to get a, get a space, set aside a time where we remove distractions and say, God, I want to hear you. Hallelujah.